In previous episodes, I talked about the Trust Premium research, but in this episode, I want to explain how it can help you get more customers and get customers to be willing to pay a premium for what they buy from you, whether it's products or services, simply because they trust you more. I will talk a bit about the research itself, but then the three steps of turning this research into a source of increased revenue and profit for you. The questions that I will answer are, what is the trust premium in your industry? Who are the customers who are willing to pay higher premiums for higher trust? What is the premium that my customers or your customers are willing to pay for your trustworthiness? What are you doing now that's preventing you from getting the maximum trust premium in your industry? And finally, how can you fix it? I'll show you how my Trust Premium work answers these questions and more in this episode, right after this. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of the Book of Trust and facilitator of the Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? Why should you care? It's a simple question. I'll tell you why you should care. Because you're selling something. A good friend of mine, Todd Coyne, says that everyone is in sales. And, and he's right. He's right because you sell something, even if you sell something to your family. But, but you sell something. And let's, let's talk about the professional side of sales. You are selling something, whether it's your services, whether it's the services of the company you work for, whether it's products, anything, you sell something and you need somebody to reach out to their wallet, to their pocket, take out the wallet and give you money for something of value. And you may be trained in all the sales techniques, but the sales techniques, the old sales techniques, they don't work anymore. We have a very high level of spam and scam and marketing of products that we don't need. And, and what, you're, what you are taught today is that the more you do that, the higher pro the probability that you're going to get a customer to buy. So maybe in the past, you would have to make two phone calls and one of them will buy, will end up with, with a purchase. Well, when we suspect that the calls coming in are spam or scam, and they're either trying to steal my identity or sell me something that I don't need simply because they have to sell it, the probability of somebody actually buying from you with the old sales techniques gets very low. So it's no longer one in two. Maybe it's one in 10. It's definitely not one in 10. We're probably starting to talk about one in a thousand. One in 10,000, one in a million. So imagine this. By the way, just here's an interesting statistic. 73% of emails you get are marketing for products that you don't need. 73%. So why would you believe anyone? Why, why would you even pick up the phone? The phone even identified the call as potential spam. So should you be making a thousand calls just to get someone to buy? 
Quantity is not the answer anymore. The only answer is trust because I believe, and um, I believe I don't have to convince you, that people buy from people they trust. But you know what? There's another part to it. People will pay more when they buy from people they trust. That was the premise to the trust premium research and the work around it. Obviously, I have to start by talking a little about the research that I have conducted and, and still am conducting. And it only started, I mean, it started initially in 2018. That's when uh, originally I got this uh, number, 29.6%. I gave a scenario of a home renovation project estimated about $10,000. And based on my description, I wanted to see if people are willing to pay more if they buy from a person that they trust versus someone that they don't know. It's it's not someone that they distrust because if it's someone you don't trust and trust is even a little important, you're not going to buy, period. So all of a sudden, buying from somebody you trust over somebody you distrust, uh, the ratio is infinite. So I, I didn't want to compare it to someone you specifically distrust. You have reasons not to trust them. But to someone you don't really know, so there's someone you don't know, someone you trust, and you're willing to pay. And that's what I saw back in 2018, five years ago, that uh, the customers were willing to pay close to 30%, 29.6% higher premium, higher price, which I thought was amazing. But then I, I realized something else, and that is that there are factors that would affect that premium, the willingness to pay the premium. Uh, different industries would yield different premiums. Th that's because trust is relative. And, and remember that that's one of the fundamental things that are unique about my work, the, the understanding that trust is relative. The, there is no set of things that you're going to do to be trusted by everyone. Um, and so I started launching a much more deep, a, a much deeper research, the trust premium research, uh, just recently, a few months ago, and it's an ongoing research, and I keep on getting more and more and more information that, for the most part, validates um, the, the the premise that, or the two premises, that people will buy from people they trust over people they don't know, and that people will pay more when they buy from someone they trust over someone they don't know. And, and that research was never done before. I mean... I don't want to say trust me, but I researched it. I, I looked to to see if anybody ever tried to qualify and quantify that trust premium, and it was never done. So I'm I'm really excited about doing this research and, and definitely about the, the findings that I've already got in after two rounds. We're now in the third round of that research. So I already said trust is relative, and the trust premium or preference. And, and I'm going to talk about trust preference and trust premium. Trust preference is that people are willing to buy from someone they trust over someone they don't know. So th there, there is a preference. There is a percentage preference. But the other thing is that uh, the premium itself, and that's that people are willing to pay more when they buy from someone they trust over someone they don't know. And so, again, I found that there are factors that affect both of them, the trust preference and the trust premium. Uh, there are industry factors. For example, do you have access to information? 
and and you know I'm I'm putting it at a very high level, but but it's it's a lot more uh, detailed. I mean, is there information available? Uh, do you have access to it? Is it information that you can understand? Can you make informed decisions based on that information? So, and that changes with industries. I mean, there there are industries where. Uh, really, they're not very complex, and there are industries that are very complex. Another industry factor would be, for example, commoditization and standardized prices. Uh, you know, th there is how much does a car cost? I mean, if I told you today that a car cost uh, thirty-four thousand, I'm pretty sure that in your head you already know which cars would cost about thirty-four thousand. If your budget was thirty-four thousand, then you would know which cars would fit that. So that's that's standardized prices. But sometimes there are a very wide variety of values and prices that different products have. Anyway, so th those are industry factors that, that I'm measuring, uh, but others are personal factors. So, for example, your ability to do to do the job yourself, your ability to know if the job is done right or not, your ability to fix it or stop it uh, if it's done wrong in in a wrong way, that changes dramatically. I mean, if you're buying. Uh, if you're a B2B and you're buying software for another company, obviously you can't do it yourself because if you could, uh, maybe you would not buy it from somebody else. Um, but another one, an important one, is consequences. What are the consequences of making the wrong choice? And I think that last week or, or a previous episode, I talked about the consequences of hiring the wrong a uh, studio photographer versus hiring the wrong wedding photographer. And and both in both cases we're talking phot photography, right? And so um if you hire the wrong studio photographer, you lost time, uh both the time you spend in the studio and the time it now takes to get a good set of pictures, headshots or anything. And you spend some money, you lost some money. Those are the consequences. But the consequences of hiring the wrong wedding photographer are a lot more devastating. I mean, you're not going to get the couple, the young couple, to get married again simply because the pictures were, were not good. The consequences are much more severe. And typically what I found was that there is a correlation between the severity of the consequences of making the wrong choice and your willingness to, well, again, both the trust preference, your willingness to choose one uh, photographer you trust over someone you don't know, and the premium that you're willing to pay when you hire someone you trust versus someone you don't know. Then another personal factor is the trustfulness. This, this is your trustfulness, and this varies from person to person. Some people trust people more. Some people trust people less. Now, the model, in, 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 in a future episode, I'll talk about research in general and, and the importance of developing the right model, the right model for what, um, what, what, how do you go from behaviors all the way to the premium? And, and I developed that model over many years. I mean, now I've put it to the test with research, but uh, I've developed it over the years. And, and you can look at the, the uh, direction or, or the general uh, flow 
is going from the trustworthiness behaviors. There are certain behaviors that would cause other people to trust you more or less into the trust that they have in you and into the preferences, the trust preference and the trust premium that, that they have, that, that they're willing to pay or, or select you. But those are affected. Th those are affected by both personal and industry factors. So for example, your trustworthiness, how does it translate into trust? Well, that's part of, uh, for example, your trustfulness, your willingness to trust people would play a role in the transformation of your behaviors into the trust that they have in you. Uh, industry factors would affect uh, how you tr translate trustworthiness behaviors into trust. Uh, and then when we go from, okay, there's a certain level of trust that another person has in you, the customer has in you, how do you translate that into the trust preference, their preference to choosing you over someone they don't know, and the trust premium, their willingness to pay you a higher price over uh, because of your trust, uh, the trust they have in you versus someone uh, they don't know. So that's the model. The model goes from trustworthiness behaviors affected by factors that are both personal and industry into the trust they have in you, again, affected by factors, both personal and industry, into the trust preference and trust premium. That's the model. Now let's talk about how you apply this model and, and what do I offer you to help you turn this into increasing the preference, people choosing you over someone else, and the premium that they're willing to pay to you over because they trust you over someone else. How do we apply trust premium, the trust premium research to your industry? The first step is that we need to survey your industry. Now, in some cases, and and that's grow that list is growing over time. I, I actually I already have the answer. So, for example, I did the answer. I got this for um, financial advisors. I got it for insurance agents. Uh, now working on on other things. I get that for contractors, um, building constructing contractors. So, um, the first step is let's find out what is the theoretical. Or the maximum, I don't like to call it theoretical, but the maximum trust, preference, and premium in your industry. And again, I want to emphasize the difference between preference and premium. Okay, Preference is what happens when the price is the same, when everything else is equal. In fact, I'm going to assume that everything else is equal. The value, the quality, the quantity, everything is equal. The only two things that change are the preference and the price. Okay, preference is that they choose you over someone else or choose someone else over you. And the premium is their willingness to pay more. And, and where I put that premium is at 50% preference. So if the probability that they choose you is equal to the probability they choose someone they don't trust, or not they don't they don't trust, they don't know. Okay. When that probability is 50-50, so we got to a point where the price is such that you're at 50-50. They trust you more than the other person they don't know. 
But because of your price, they got to the point where it's 50-50. So that's where I put the trust premium. And it's important to understand what, what I'm saying with that. So you don't typically, I mean, it's you don't get both the preference and the premium at the same time. The preference is when the price is the same. The price is the same. What is the probability that they're going to choose you, who they trust, over someone they don't know? So the way this works is, is very simple. I mean, if your price is, if everything is the same and trust is the same, there is no premium, there is no uh, difference in the level of trust, then tiny little changes in price would dramatically change the preference all the way to 100%. So if I trust you the same as I trust the other person, if the price is the same, then I would say you're at 50-50, right? The preference is 50-50. The tiny little difference in price, bam, I'm 100% on your side if your price is slightly lower or 100% in their side if their price is a little lower or yours is a little higher. It's very simple. If I trust you the same level, if I... Trust, I don't know them, but but I trust you the same level as I trust them. So, which means I don't know you very much or have reasons to trust you over them. Price will drive the preference from zero to 100, from 100 to zero with the tiny change in price. Okay. But what about the premium? So the more I trust you, the more this chart starts to look different. Then all of a sudden, if I trust you more and the price is the same, the preference that I have towards you goes to very close to 100%. In, in one of the industries I found 95%. Another industry I found 88% but very close to 100%. And, and just so that you know, the, when I say 100%, that means you are at 100%. The other person they don't know is at zero. But that preference starts going down as your price goes up. And this is where we get to the premium. So for example, uh, for financial advisors, I found that that number is 39.4%, which means that if your price is the same as the other person, I trust you more than I trust them because I don't know them. I get to, uh, in this case, I found 98%. 98% probability they're going to buy from you. 2% probability they're going to buy from them. So what is it? 49%, almost 50% more probability that they choose you. It's, it's kind of infinite. They're going to choose you, period. Your price is the same, but they trust you more. However, as your price starts going up, they're still willing to pay. And the crossover point where the preference is at 50%, so they're going to, the preference they have to buy from you is equal to the preference they have from somebody they don't know, is going to be 50-50 at the trust premium. That's when your price is 39.4%. So the, the decision in their head is the trustworthy versus cheaper. Trustworthy versus cheaper. You're the trustworthy. 
the other person is cheaper. And you can raise your price up to the trust premium, and at that point, you get to zero. By the way, uh, you get to 50-50 probability. By the way, you can continue to raise your price and still get certain customers to pay, and I'll touch on that. It's just that the preference is going to be less than 50%. Okay, I hope that that was kind of clear. Um, so we're still in step one. Step one is we're going to survey your industry and find what that graph looks like. What is the preference? What is the premium? How how does that play? And And it can vary dramatically between industries. And that's something I'm already finding. So we want to find what is the theoretical, again, I don't like theoretical, so we're going to say what is the maximum trust premium in your industry? That's step one. We have to know what, what the target is, right? Like in any strategy, you need to, like with your car GPS system, you need to know where you're going. So you need to know what is the trust premium, the, the highest potential trust premium in your industry. We're going to find out what are the factors that affect it. We're going to find out how they're affecting it. We're going to find out what are the different salesperson characteristics or trustworthiness behaviors that have bigger impact on the premium in this industry. I'm going to guess they're going to be pretty consistent. All of them are going to be pretty consistent with my relative trust model, but they're going to be different in, in their preference. They're going to be different in how important some of them are uh, towards the other. But here is an important thing that we're going to find. Again, remember, you can raise your price. The, the preference to choose you is going to start going down towards the person who's cheaper, the, your competitor who's cheaper. But it's not true for all customers. Can we identify what are the characteristics? I mean, the answer is yes. So we can identify. And that's part of the first step. We'll identify what are the characteristics of the customer, not you. The customer that would warrant higher preference and higher premium. Because that would help you maybe focus on a segment of the market that's willing to pay more because they care more about trust. So that's step one. Step one is we're going to survey your specific industry if we haven't done that already before. We're going to survey them and we're going to know what is the graph and what are those factors for your industry. The second step is now we're going to survey, and this is a different survey. This is more of an assessment of your customers. So we're going to give you a link. You're going to provide it to your customers. It's going to be anonymous unless they're willing to be interviewed, if that's part of uh, our relationship. But we're going to survey them on those different factors of your trustworthiness. We're going to compare them with the factors that we found are important for the optimal, the maximum trust preference or trust premium by your customers. So we're going to find out you know, if we find that uh, positivity or no BS specifically it plays the major role in the decision to trust you, we're going to find out what do your customers think about your positivity slash no BS. We're going to see how far you are from the optimal premium and preference, trust premium and trust prefer preference in your industry. 
we're going to identify how far you are based on that and based on the correlation we already have between that and premium. We're going to find out what is your current potential trust premium and trust preference. Maybe you're, maybe for your industry, we're at 39.4%, but you're at about 12%. So based on how you sell, based on what your customers think about you relative to what general customers think about general financial advisors, we're going to see that you're probably standing at about 12, 13%, where the, the potential is 34%, uh, 39.4%. But we'll also identify the specific behaviors and the gap between them and the maximum that can be presented by others in your industry. So that's step two. Step one was let's understand your industry better and the potential trust premium and, and preference and, and what and behaviors and, and factors. Step two is to assess your sales efforts by your customers to be able to predict the current, it's not, it's not really predict, it's, it's really project, your current trust preference, trust premium, or, or the trust preference, trust premium that your customers have in you and how far you are from them, as well as how far you are from ideal best trust that customers can have based on your behaviors. That's step two. After step one and step two, what we have is we have a lot of knowledge. We know what the trust premium and preference is in your industry. We know what people care about in your industry. We know what your customers think about you. We know what the gaps are, and we know what needs to be worked on. But knowledge is not enough. You need to change behaviors. Now, the first thing that we need to understand is that, uh, again, trust is relative. There is no single thing that would work for all people. A big part of your ability to be trusted is your ability to read the customer and react in a way that would increase the trust preference and premium for a specific customer. That's a second level skill. You know, the, the lowest level skill is reading from a script. Just it's it's a numbers game. You you call and you call and you call and you call and you read from the same script over and over and over again. Level two, a better salesperson may require no script, especially with experience, but essentially it's you you're reciting the script from memory, but it's still the same technique. Level three is your ability to read the customer and be relative to that specific customer because trust is relative. And so, again, knowledge is not enough. We just pointed out what it is that you do that uh, that cause you to lose or, or be further away downwards from the potential trust premium and trust preference in your industry. We know that because we surveyed your, we, we assessed it, surveyed your, your customers, your specific customers. Knowledge is not enough. We need to help you form new habits that will change old behaviors, build trust, and generate trust preference and trust premium, or a specific level of trust preference and trust premium 
that is a function of the level of trust that customers have in you. So at this point, what we'll do is we will customize training for you. And the reason we will customize it is because it's different between industries. It's different between salespeople. It may be different between salespeople within your organization. So we may have to customize it differently to different people. But we're going to have to identify one thing to work on. And we're going to have to help them form new habits. Because without new habits, knowledge is just not enough. You know and you can't do anything about it. And we want to help you specifically know what to do and how to do something about it. We're going to be using the seven-step trust habits process on how you form new habits that change old behaviors. And there are going to be multiple ways to deliver it, whether we do it remotely, whether we do it through coaching, uh, which frankly is not my preference because I would rather give you the tools. Uh, we can do that through uh, video series. Uh, we'll give you tools, we'll give you forms, we'll, we'll give you everything that you need to be able to form those new habits and we'll take you through the process. Okay, this is the end of this episode. Uh, I love research and I think that uh, that, that comes, comes across, but the, the research gives me knowledge and knowledge is just not enough. You have to form new habits. And so I, I really am not focused on only research, but, but actually turning it into something that you can do, that you can use. There is definitely a connection, a strong connection, a very strong connection between your trustworthiness as a salesperson selling your services, your products, your company's services, your company's products, and the customer's trust preference and premium towards you when they trust you over someone they don't know. It is different for different industries. Trying to say there's one size fits all is very convenient and also incorrect. And, and it's important to know that I'm a very practical person. Yes, I know. I, I have a PhD and three other degrees beyond that. But I am a practical person. And it was not enough for me to do research, to have the knowledge I wanted to turn this into a process, into a tool that I can provide you with so that you will build your trustworthiness, the trust that the customers have in you, and therefore the trust premium and preference towards you over someone they don't know. Before I, before I finish this episode, I, I just want to end with the soundtrack of my two-minute new promo video for the trust premium service. Here it is. Is it getting harder for you to get new customers? Do you have to reach out to many more just to get one to buy? The current sales techniques simply don't work anymore because 57% of emails are spam, 73% of them try to perform identity theft, and 36% are trying to sell us things we don't need. The only thing that works today is trust. And I'm going to show you how to form new habits that change all behaviors and build trust and generate trust premium for you. My trust premium research is groundbreaking. It was never done before. For the first time, I can quantify the premium that you get by being more trusted. When the customers trust you more than they trust your competitor, there is an 88 to 98% probability they will buy from you against 2 to 12% they will buy from them. But it gets even better. I found that in some industries, they're willing to pay 
almost 40% higher prices to you over your competitors. Do you want to know what is the trust premium in your industry? Now, how do I know all of that? Not because of my original trust premium research, but because when I was a general manager of a $100 million business unit, the customers trusted one of my salespeople more than our competitors. They paid a premium and that more than doubled our net profit. She didn't call more customers. She didn't implement all kinds of crazy sales techniques. She simply made sure that they trusted her more than the competitors. And for that, the customer chose our products and was willing to pay a premium. Reach out to me to find out more about the Trust Premium research, but more importantly, how it can help you find out what the potential Trust Premium is in your industry, which customers are more likely to pay a higher premium, and what makes them trust you enough to pay you that premium. Check out trusthabits.com slash trustpremium or call 1-800-919-8227. Thank you for watching. Well, that's it for today. May trust be with you. This was The Trust Show. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it. Write a review for this podcast because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops, online courses, books, or go to my website, trusthabits.com. And remember that the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.